it's just a good thing, you know, to come out and sing praises to God and hear the word and pray together and be together as the family of God. And it's just uh, something that we miss out if we don't do it. I just uh, think it's great. And we're happy to have everyone here today that's here and um, believe God's got a message that'll help us. Amen. Uh, I, I don't know if Scarlett mentioned Wednesday night, but she will be preaching Wednesday night. And it's always a great word from the Lord. And Wednesday night, we actually have a service. I mean, it's not just a, you know, we don't just join hands and sing Kumbaya <laughs> or something like that. We actually have uh, some worship and praise and we get in the word and um, have a good time in the Lord. Amen. So um encourage you to come out if you can. Look at 2 Kings 7. This is a story that most people know from if they had any kind of, you know, Sunday school upbringing or children's uh, ministry, usually or Bible story books. We know the story of the lepers at the gate. They're dying outside the gate and got leprosy and they've been kicked out of town and, and, uh, there's a war on and there's Syrians involved and, you know, uh, all kinds of problems. So we're going to see something good for us, for our faith today. Amen. Uh, we don't study the Old Testament to g- gather directions necessarily for our, our modern living. That comes from the New Covenant. Amen. We don't live by the Old Covenant, and, you know put things over women's heads and all that kind of thing, you know, and uh, <laughs> dictate what you eat and don't eat and all that. But uh, on the other hand, there's faith stories, uh, and the goodness of God comes through in the Old Covenant, amen? Yeah. And so we can certainly um, get gain something wonderful from that. So uh, the question, of course, that, that, that they ask themselves is why sit we here until we die. I don't know if you've ever had a situation where you just felt like you were patient, you're waiting in faith, you're wanting God to do some great thing, and uh, you're believing Him and, and, and praying and, 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 and reaching out, and now you have nothing happening. Has anybody been where the, the nothing is happening? It's not necessarily getting worse. It's not getting better. It's driving you up the wall because it's just static and it just sits there and nothing changes. It's like the little circle of death on the computer that you're waiting and waiting for this to load. And you're starting to get dizzy watching the the ball go around, you know, and it's like, will this ever load? And then it doesn't. And so, you know, you have frustration. Well, that can be how we feel with our life. We can feel like we're just going nowhere, like we're. You ever have, is, is it just me? Has anybody ever felt like you're spinning your wheels and you're spinning your wheels in the mud or whatever and you're just, you're slinging, you're making a lot of noise and you're slinging a lot of dirt, but not, nothing's moving. You're just stuck. And, uh, we've all been there. We've all experienced that. So, um, let's just see what to do here. Um, another thing that I'm going to point out is that it's interesting that God was doing something behind the scenes that these people didn't know. And that's the part that's really encouraging, is that just because we don't see something moving, just because we don't see something happening, 
doesn't mean it's not. Amen? I believe God hears and answers prayer. Do you? And I believe that when we pray in faith and we claim things by faith, that things start moving and things start happening. And we think, in our peanut mind sometimes, we think, well, nothing's happening. Don't ever say that. Um, I said, that would be a bad confession, amen, to make a, well, nothing's happening. Look, nothing's happening. Nothing's happened since, you know, last October or whatever. And so it's easy to, to go there and to declare that. And that's opposite of what we're praying for. That's opposite of, we're saying we want something happening. So we get back to confession again, calling those things that be not as though they were. All right, let's look here. Second Kings 7, 3. And there were four leprous men at the entering in of the gate. Of course, there's a siege on and a war. And they said one to another, why sit we here until we die? That is a good question, isn't it? Why sit we here until we die? If we say we will enter into the city, then the famine is in the city, and we shall die there. And if we all stay here, we die also. It's like choose your death, I guess. Now, therefore, come and let us fall into the host of the Syrians. If they save us alive, we shall live. If they kill us, we shall but die. We're dying anyway. And they rose up in the twilight to go unto the camp of the Syrians. And when they were come to the uttermost part of the camp of Syria, behold, there was no man there. Uh, for the Lord had made, this is the part they didn't know, sitting on the outside. And so it's an important point of this message. For the Lord had made the host of the Syrians to hear a noise of chariots and a noise of horses, even the noise of a great host. And they said one to another, Lo, the king of Israel hath hired us against us the kings of the Hittites, in other words, the mercenary army, and the kings of the Egyptians to come upon us. Wherefore they arose and fled to the twilight, left their tents and their horses and their asses, even the camp as it was, and fled for their life. And when these lepers came to the uttermost part of the camp, they went into one tent and did eat and drink. Praise God. Now all of a sudden they're, they're starving. They're cut off. They're, I'm sure they're just withering away out in the desert, dying. And now they're in a tent. This, I guess they found the buffet tent. I don't know. The dining hall. But it says they did eat and drink and carried silver and gold. Now all of a sudden they're wealthy. And raiment. Uh, must have been new clothes. They probably needed new clothes. And went and hid it and came again and entered into another tent and carried thence also and went and hid it. So they they are making out literally like bandits. This enemy situation and of course this culture hasn't treated them very nicely you know kicking them out of the city and not care if they live or die and now all of a sudden they're like living like kings like one minute they're outcast and the next minute they're they've got everything it's all been left in their hands and of course the bible goes on to tell the the final result of that but the great thing that i'm trying to milk out of that story 
um, is two things. One is it, there is a time to wait. There is a time to have patience. And then there is a time to act. Amen. And sometimes it's the prompting of the Lord. And you sometimes you have to pray and listen and say, Lord, what do, do I call this person? Do I write a letter? Do I do? Do I, you know, do I go here? Do I move? Do, what do I do? And, and if you'll listen, the Lord will tell you, sometimes he'll say, good idea, but not yet. Just wait, whatever. Or the Lord will say, this is what you're going to do. And um, you have to listen to the Holy Spirit. Amen. In other words, it's not just find a scripture and go half cocked, you know, out there screaming Bible verses at the world. Uh, the, you know, it, it, don't we wish it was that simple? But it's not. It's It's sometimes you have to. You find a scripture, you're standing on it, you're claiming it, you're praying it, and then the things begin to happen um, that you want to see happen. But uh, oftentimes we do have to be patient and quiet and sit and wait, and then there's a time to be like the lepers and say, why sit we here until we die? Let's do something. Amen? And the Lord will direct you and guide you what to do. And isn't that amazing, though, that provision was just on the other side of the wall. Here they are sitting in the dirt up against the wall, withering and, 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 and drying up and dying. And on the other side of the wall is the tent of provision. Amen. So you know what that tells you? Uh, things are never as bad as they look. I'm telling you, it sometimes feels like, could it get any worse? But... uh we need to ask the question, could it get any better? <laughs> and uh, Brother Shambach used to tell people, you know, they'd come to him, a great tent preacher, and they'd say, hey, Brother Shambach, you know, I'm, I'm telling you, I'm just down to zero. I'm down to zero in my health. I'm down to he- zero in my wealth. I'm down to zero, you know, with my family or my marriage or whatever situation. Uh, I don't know what to do. And he would say, praise the Lord. And it's a woman one time looked at him and said, don't say that. Yeah, I told, just told you I'm broke. I'm down to zero. He said, and then he made a whole sermon about it called the zero factor. And he said, when you get to zero, it's time to start praising God because you can't get any worse. I mean, you know, it's as bad as it can be. And uh, now you're next in line for the miracle. And so you begin, when you see the end of the bottom of the barrel, you start praising the Lord and saying, praise God. You know, it's fine. My resources may have dried up, but God's hasn't. And I'll just stop eating out of my barrel. I'll start eating out of God's barrel. And God's barrel never runs dry. Hallelujah. Well, that's easy to say. It's not easy to say. It's not easy to think even. But you have to, we, we do it anyway. Praise God. So I I believe that if you feel today, those watching on the internet and, or here in the sanctuary, if you feel today like, well, I'm just, you know, there just doesn't seem to be any provision. I'm telling you, stand up and look behind you. You're leaning against it. It's so close to you. It's on the other side of the wall. It's on the other side. What's the wall? Well, the, the, the veil between a seen realm and unseen realm. And sometimes we're just... We're leaning on the barrel of supply, complaining about how bad we have it. And, and, and God's going, 
move your elbow and look inside. Go over here in Tarpon Springs. Some of those Greek restaurants have huge barrels of olive oil. I mean, it's like, how can they even make that much olive oil? You know, I guess they have shiploads of it that come in from, it says product of Greece, you know, but, uh, I, you know, one thing about living here near Tarpon Springs, we'll never run out of oil. I mean, we've, we got oil. I've seen barrels of it and, uh, standing there with big pumps, you know, they pump some out. But, you know, sometimes we're leaning on the barrel of oil and complaining about how broke we are or how sick we feel or, you know, how rough everything is. Hey, I, Touche. It gets rough sometimes, doesn't it? Life is not easy. And any preacher that gets up and says life is easy all the time, you know, something's off there. You know, he needs to change dealers. His weed's gone bad. I'm telling something. (laughs) But, you know, you know, we, you know, uh, that's just not practical. And sometimes it's not easy. To stay in faith. Sometimes it's not easy to rejoice and, and praise the Lord, but we do it anyway. And I often say the harder it gets, the more you should do it. And just, just you're telling the devil, I am not being run by you. It may look like it and feel like it and smell like it and taste like it, but it's not the truth. Greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. If God be for me, who can be against me? I'm seated in heavenly places in Christ Jesus, far above all principality and power and might and every name. This name, not only in this world, but that is which to come. And has put all things under our feet because we're part of the body of Christ. And the devil's under our feet. You need to sometimes, you ever see the episode of uh, the Lucy show with her and Ethel stomping grapes? Well, that needs to be what we look like, stomping grapes. Stomp, just get, just get in the barrel and stomp the, the daylights out of the devil. Remind him he's under you. Well, I don't know. It's a hard old way, brother. Well, okay. I'll agree with you. We'll make it double hard. How's that? Anyway, this is a classic story of, of, uh, Faith with corresponding actions. Because they not only said, we might as well just get up and move. They did. They literally got physically up and moved to the other side of the wall. (laughs) What, isn't that amazing? The one minute, one minute they are, uh, one minute they're, they're destitute, they're without, and another minute, you know, they're, they're um, blessed and rich. Amen? Yes. All right, look at James. Now, I know there's this, all this argument about whether James should be in the original canon of Scripture. And so you can have that argument. And in the meantime, I'm going to read it. Uh, because there's some good stuff here. Amen? Amen. James 2... Uh, 17, it talks about faith with works. But again, these are not dead works. These are not dead works, trying to just get something without faith. But it's corresponding action. The theme here 
at least for our purposes, is is a corresponding action. If you look at verse 14, it says, What doth it profit, my brethren, though a man say he has faith and have not works, can faith save him? And then look down to verse 17. Even so, faith, is it if it hath not works, is dead, being alone. Uh, and he goes on to say, I'll show you my uh, my faith by my works in 18. And... Um, and he just keeps beating that drum. Uh, jump down to, to 26, for as the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without works is dead also. But he's, what he's talking about there is corresponding actions. In other words, we're going to pray for God's blessing. We're going to claim God's blessing through the scripture. We're going to make a confession of faith that corresponds with that. And then we're going to do everything we can in the natural to, to move forward with that. Amen. So here, here's what we do is we, we, uh, we go, even our countenance, even our smile. Amen. We just smile and, and, uh, and, uh, agree with that in Jesus name. Amen. I, uh, I know that there's been times that I have almost given up on a situation or given up, you know, on the answer coming or something like that. Just practically quit. <laughs> and the Lord will prompt me in the night, you know, to, to, to take an action, to do something, to, um, to go, to go someplace. One time I got a phone call and it's amazing what the Lord will do. You know, you're praying about meetings and connections. And I got this phone call, you know, from, um, um, a, uh, preacher that said, there's a minister you need to meet from Brazil. You want to come over here for breakfast? And I thought, not really. I don't really want to come over there for breakfast, but I will. So I got up and went and met with this guy. And uh, that happened to be R.R. Swatis, who I'm still preaching for, you know, 25 years later, uh, all over the world and in some of the largest meetings we've ever done. And uh, I'm telling you these meetings like we just did in Romania. I mean, they would, they renting like whole theaters and auditoriums, uh, performing arts type auditoriums. And we go in there and the place is packed. Like every chair is taken and people are hungry for God. And it's like, wow, you know, and we think, Oh, I wish everybody at our church could see, you know, what's happening there, you know, but what an amazing thing. And this ministry, think about it. That ministry. Did all the advertising, rented the auditorium, paid for the hotel rooms, all that stuff. It's thousands and thousands of dollars that they put out just for one night. And it's all been covered. And that's because, you know, I got up and went to breakfast one day. So oftentimes we're looking for this huge miracle, this amazing move of God to roll in upon us. And it's something as mundane as meet some guys for breakfast. You just never know what that next meeting or that next connection is going to do for you. And sometimes it's something that that blesses you the rest of your life. I got a call one day. I was in New York City uh, with a, um, a family that we, uh, I was connected with. And I got a call from a friend of mine, a minister, and said, there's somebody at the airport at LaGuardia. Can you grab a driver and a car and go meet them? And I did and went out there and met this person. And to this day, there is a connection that's bringing blessing 
and help to this ministry. So, you know, I could have said, well, I'll send a driver or I'll, I'll arrange an Uber or something you know, like that. But instead I said, okay, I'll do that. I don't really have a lot going on. I'll do that. I went from Midtown Manhattan to LaGuardia, met this person, and it meant so much to them that I would do that. So, you know, that sometimes we're praying, Lord, open a door of opportunity and door of utterance, and the Lord does, and we're going, I don't want to do that. <laughs> it's too much trouble. And here's God saying, this is your, you know, you've heard the the jokes, not really a joke, it's kind of sad. The guy drowning in a flood, you know, and he's screaming, help, help, help. And uh I'm trusting God for help. And so here comes a helicopter with a rope and guy wrap it around you or you're going to be saved. And the guy goes, no, I'm, I'm waiting. God's going to save me. Not a helicopter. I'm not going to have anything in the arm of the flesh. Just the spirit. You know, God's saving me. And the guy says, don't be a fool. I'm here to save you from the rushing waters. Wrap the rope around you. And the guy, no, I'm trusting God. Okay, so he leaves, and here comes some rescue team in a motorboat, you know. And they come up and, uh, and says, here, throw yourself into the boat. We're here to save you. No, God's going to save save me. You, you know the story, right? And then finally, finally, there's a, a tree trunk that comes floating by. And, and the thought, jump on the tree, you know. And the guy lets it go. He drowns. He gets to the gates of heaven, and he says, God, you didn't answer my prayer. He said, yes, I did. I was in the helicopter, the boat, and the tree. You're just stupid, you know. You know, you can't fix stupid all the time, you know. So sometimes we're, I've been stupid before, where the Lord is trying to show me what to do, where to go, what to say, and I don't want to do that. (laughs) Did this help you at all today? (laughs) Sometimes we have to ask ourselves the question, why sit we here till we die? You know, we're going to go, we're going to do something. Sometimes it's go to a meeting that's not that easy to get to. And, but you just feel led this is where you're supposed to be. And boy, there's something about being at the right place at the right time, isn't there? And, and, and letting the Lord open these doors. Praise God. Let's pray. I'm going to pray for the audience there. I'm watching my internet and pray for you here in the auditorium. Father, we thank you today for this service. We thank you for uh, this great uh, opportunity today through the internet and here uh, to declare the gospel. And Father, we thank you. We're going to pray for those that have a physical need. Just put your hand where you're suffering. Jesus will touch you in Jesus' name. I thank you, Lord, for your healing power. I command blind eyes to open, deaf ears to unstop, lame legs to walk, cancers and tumors to dry up, and uh, all kinds of uh, manifestations of the Spirit to, to, uh, to manifest uh, in people's lives. Father, those that have physical and material and financial needs, I thank you, Lord, that you show yourself strong this week in those areas that accounts are replenished and uh, jobs are provided and, and raises and promotions and business opportunities. And we give you praise and honor. Those that are suffering from depression or oppression or mental illness in any way, we command the devil, take your hands off of God's property, take your hands off of their minds. Lord, we thank you for victory, the fruit of the Spirit, and the gifts of the Spirit in operation in our lives this week. 
in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's lift our hands and praise the Lord. Thank God today for His goodness in Jesus' name. Amen. Praise the Lord. Well, let's let's just, again, lift our hands and praise Him just a little bit longer. Praise you, Father. Father, we thank you. We praise you. We thank you. Praise God. Just speak a word of victory over your life in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. Go rejoicing. We'll see you Wednesday night. And um, be blessed. Stay in the air conditioning. Ha, 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 ha.